You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome back. Should Have Been a Cowgirl. I'm your host, Jenna Heideman. I'm your producer, Freeman Arthur, and Jenna is calling on the road because you said you were headed up to Illinois, right? Yes, I have a wedding for my best friend since preschool. We were three when we met. Wow. Are you in the wedding? So, I am in the wedding. Is this going to cost you a lot of money? Because, you know, sometimes being in weddings costs a lot of money. You know, honestly, this one is pretty low budget, but things do add up very fast. For example, nails done this week, spray tan, travel, and then a getting ready outfit, your rehearsal outfit, your dress, your shoes. And then I had to buy a pair of new sneakers to dance in. (laughs) When I got married for my guys that I had in my wedding... Everybody, I assumed, already had a black suit, and if you didn't have one, if you're a man and you don't have a simple black suit, there's something wrong with you. You need one. Yeah, so you need one anyway, so I had everybody just have a black suit of some kind, and then I got them like red bow ties off of Amazon because we got married at Christmas time, but it's it was so much cheaper. I, I could not even imagine having to spend that much on something like that. But the big news, I guess, this week that you wanted to talk about, Maren Morris exiting country music, which, I mean, I never considered Maren Morris very country anyway, but I know everyone is dying to get Jenna's hot take on this one. Well, yeah, so she announced that she's leaving country music, which it's like, okay, cool. That's kind of the response I feel like from most country fans was like, okay, cool, bye. (laughs) I saw a lot of Karen Morris memes, but here's my, that's good here's my thing i'm a i'm a big spotify user and she put out two new songs and i you know i see them in all the country playlists why are we still supporting her in country music if she wants to leave the genre yeah, that, that's know. my take on it if she wants to leave let her leave it's no secret to anyone that it is clearly for her own political reasons and not that this is a political show whatsoever but she comes into it surprised for some reason that the majority of country music fans are, you know, conservative second amendment right loving people and that that's like been the culture of country music for its entire existence. <laughs> so I don't know why that's that's the thing that shocks and surprises her. This so, is not it's not the first time that you've had an artist leap from country music to go over to the pop world. I think Kelsey Ballerini at some point will probably do the same if she's not already dabbling in that. I don't know that anyone will do it as successful as Taylor Swift. I mean, Taylor Swift, props to her. She will be talked about and I don't know if anyone's drawn these comparisons yet, but Taylor Swift will be talked about like Elvis Presley. Today on yeah, the show we, have... we do have uh, Jenna Paulette, right? Yes, one of my favorite cowgirls. I'm so excited to have her on the show. Yeah, and um, we did this. We did this in studio, so we'll have all the audio all fixed up, and and, and we'll all sound great. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. We we get to talk about a lot of things with her, and she's just so passionate about country music. I think she's one of the most passionate guests that we've had. Where she has so much passion behind what she does, and she's so humble. Yeah, it's been one of my favorite interviews. I know I was. I'm a. You know, I want to be a cowgirl, and she is the real deal cowgirl. She has a love for country music. She does the real deal ranching. Like, she she does it. All right, well, stick around. Whole hour, we've got that interview with Jenna Paulette coming up right after this on Should Have Been a Cowgirl.
You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. We are live from the Music Row Studios with a real deal cowgirl. <laughs> We've got Jenna Paulette. Hi. How you doing? I'm so good, actually. I've been up for a really long time today, but I feel great right now. Oh my gosh, are you just traveling? Yeah, yeah. I, we're like two hours and 27 minutes from an airport, so... Um, yeah, so I got up at two to make my six o'clock flight. Oh, <laughs> oh my wow. god! But it's worth it because we get to be horseback every day when I'm home. So where where is home? Um, West Texas, like Big Bend area. Oh yeah, yeah. So like way way out in the way, boonies. Okay. Yeah, and I've still got my apartment here, so that I'm you know here when I need to be, and you know have two feet on the ground when I come to Nashville, but. Um, but I love being out there. I love that Marfa Marathon Alpine area. It's just so pretty out there and people just still do it old school. I need to go out there. I've always wanted to take the trip like from, is it Austin or San Antonio? You can take yes. a train. Yep. That's and what it, I want to do. And then go hiking and stay come the, on. Stay, stay with me. Gl- or glamp in the, the teepees out glamp there. Glamp all you want. <laughs> and then when you want to come take a shower, yeah. come hang out with me. I could maybe try to be a real cowgirl. Yes, yeah, I'll put you on a horse. <laughs> yes. I still don't know if I've really been to Texas or not because I've I've been to <laughs> Dallas and Fort Worth yeah. and, and San Antonio. I've done shows there, but West Texas I have never it's, I've never been to. It's its own beast, really. I mean Fort Worth is definitely Texas and so is San Antonio. But uh yeah, I just think there's something really special about that big bend area. It's like, you know, you can trot over country that you know, somebody might not have looked at the ground in a hundred years, you know, cause it's just so vast out there. A lot of the sections are like 2000 acres and it's just, it's a different animal. And, and the ranch that I grew up on, um, was 1,643 acres for the whole thing, you know, oh but there's Lord. a big difference <laughs> Gosh, between, dang. you know, like North Texas, Southern Oklahoma and West Texas, as far as grass goes. So yeah, you can have like 20 or sorry, uh, you can have Five, so it takes 200 acres per cow-calf pair in West Texas and then um, five where I'm from. So or I hope my numbers are right, but it's just like a drastic difference. So when somebody told me what you need out there to support uh, mama and baby, I was like, what in oh the world? Gosh. It's just a whole different animal. So tell us, what was it like growing up in Texas? Like, you know, what's your Well, I grew up in North Texas. North so Texas, I, I'm, okay. I'm in West Texas now, but... Um, but I grew up in North Texas, so Louisville is where I was born and raised, and then my family's ranch is in Thackerville, Oklahoma, which if you're familiar with going up 35, Windstar Casino, I watched that place get built, <laughs> and um, yeah, it, Thackerville is like 493 people, and just tiny, 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 and the Red River was the southern border of our ranch, and I just I fell in love with cowboying and everything that it means um, getting to grow up there. And I uh, helped my granddad and my uncle out. So growing up in, in this ranch agriculture kind of atmosphere, yeah, what was that? What was that like? Because I can tell that's a big part of, of who you are and your upbringing. Yes, yeah, I just think it's a it's a treasure to grow up in agriculture. Um, I think it teaches you a lot about life. You get to see the full cycle of it. You know, death and sickness and and babies being born all the time, and. I just think it puts an interesting perspective in your mind. You just, it's like life is precious and you learn a lot of lessons early that people that don't get to see life that way um, don't get growing up. And I think it instills a lot of character and a lot of life lessons very naturally, you know, because I mean, I'd be out there and my granddad would be like eight years old and he'd be like, there's a calf we left behind in that pasture. Go get it. 
and he just knew I could do it and would send me out there and it sometimes would take a really, really, really long time. But, (laughs) you know, somebody believed you could do it and so you believed you could do it too. And I just think there's a lot of challenges that you come up against being raised that way that prepare you for life differently than uh, what people get in the city. Is it, or was it mostly just cattle that you guys were doing? so we had a cattle ranch, so it was cow-calf operations. So mamas and babies and bulls. And uh, yeah, so it was just cows and a lot of people, you know, do soybeans or corn or whatever on top of all of that. But my family was just the mom and baby process or part of the cattle industry. Yeah, it definitely presents a unique set of skills and it's harder in some sense to do livestock than it is for doing grain or anything else because i grew up on a soybean farm oh cool so i know everything about driving tractors and things like that but there was never this hey we've got to get up at 4 a.m because there's an emergency or this has to be done taking care of livestock is just that there there are no off days in farming ever Mm, anyway yeah but it just it's so so much different because you can you know you can leave soybeans in the field and you know just watch them grow yeah but you know that's not the that's not the same when it comes to cattle you gotta ride through them every day and see what needs doctoring and you know help a mom out if she needs it you know you try and stay out of their way as much as you can when they're calving but sometimes they need a helping hand so yeah and I I just I love all of it (laughs) so you grew up on the ranch and then you listening to country music where did your love for country music come into play yeah so um I'd be trekking cows with my granddad and he had like Eddie Arnold and George Strait and he had like the greatest hits uh CD of George Strait uh, in his truck and so I just listened to all this like old school good good, good country. country and <laughs> I was watching my granddad who wore Wranglers and Pearl Snaps and you know was very much the George Strait type um, doing what George represented and it was just this really cool correlation that I think I always had because of it that you know oh my gosh I can do what I sing about you know because George was a team roper and saying country music and it wasn't just about um like a commercial song for him it was a lifestyle and that was always very important to me I think because it was a natural thing that I was seeing in my own life and and connecting the dots between and my mom uh loves music period she sang in church I sang in church my whole life my grandma sang in church and um we listened to country music there was like always music playing in our kitchen and uh, my mom and dad saw very early on. They looked at me, and um, I've told this story a bunch, but we had a Dixie Chicks record playing in the gold suburban that we had. And I remember my dad looking in the rearview mirror and seeing me back there, and he turned the music down all the way and back up, and I was on pitch and on time. And I remember him saying, I think she's got it. And I just kind of packed that in the back of my mind and, and held on to it. And it just was what I was going to do, you know, like the cowgirl side of me and the singing side of me just were always there. And so I think they just were, I've just set my mind to it and there's never really been a plan B. Did you ever take lessons or anything or was it just always a natural God-given gift? Well, uh, I guess natural God-given, yes, but I think I, uh, my mom didn't really want anybody to mess with my voice in junior high or high school, which I appreciate so much because I think it, allowed me to develop a sound that didn't sound like everybody else because I think when you get a voice coach too young 
um, they can have you sing like popular popular culture rather than having your own mm-hmm. tone. So I'm really grateful that I didn't have a teacher until um, I actually graduated college and I came here to Nashville and then started working with Sophie Shear and um, she, goodness, like never once, you know, I'd bring in like a CD and I'd be like, oh, I love the way, you know, this person sounds singing this. And she'd be like, well, let's see how Jenna Paulette sounds singing this. And it was never about sounding like anybody else. It was always about finding my individual tone as well. So it was like this continuation from not having any lessons whatsoever and then having somebody just help me sing more accurately within the way I was made. So, so far you've mentioned Eddie Arnold, who's mm-hmm. a great country legend, uh, as well as George Strait. Yeah. I think a few people have heard of who that is. <laughs> um, but for females in country music, yeah. do, do you have anybody that you gravitate to that was an influence vocally in that direction? Absolutely. I mean, gosh, 90s country was a big influence on me. I listened to the Dixie Chicks or the Chicks. Um and I would sing wide open spaces to a bunch of cows on the back of a four wheeler. <laughs> so I did that all the time. And so, I, and I think with them in particular, it was like, again, this correlation between, oh my gosh, I'm out in wide open spaces, singing about wide open spaces that very much shaped me into the person I am. And so um, that was another thing that just kind of stuck with me as far as identity goes, being an artist and, um, and they were Texas girls too, so I thought that was pretty cool. And then I love listening to Lori Morgan and Shania Twain, mm. and you know all of just those greats. That Shania's energy on stage was a big influence on me. I watched her play the Cowboys halftime show for Thanksgiving one year. And that's iconic. Like, yes, please. You know, like that's a huge that's like goal American of mine. That's like American history. That, that yeah, is. <laughs> <laughs> it was just unfreaking real. And then, um, yeah, Lori, I just I loved her voice, and yeah. You know, Faith Hill, Shania, I mean, Trisha Yearwood, all the greats. And Reba McIntyre, again, because she was a cowgirl. I mean, she sang songs that I felt in my soul. I mean, Cowgirls Don't Cry, Brooks and Dunn. I mean, it's just these great songs. And um, I just remember seeing her with a big old buckle on and thinking she was the coolest. Yeah, and Reba McIntyre, as well as George Strait, have something in common with you that no other artist has, and I want to kind of talk a little bit about that whenever we come back after break. What is it? You'll find out. You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. All right, Freeman, what do Jenna Paulette and Reba and George Strait have in common? I believe that (laughs) these three artists are the only ones that Justin Boots has ever done a brand deal with. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So tell us us about that. Oh, my (laughs) gosh, y'all. And and can I have some Justin Boots? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Go out. (laughs) Seriously, after this, I'm going to send y'all a link. Y'all just... Let me know what your size is, where to send them, and which ones you want. Both Boom. of y'all. Okay? <laughs> so that's happening. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love Justin Boots. I, I wore, like, the ropers to work in growing up, and I just love the brand. And we put it in Country and the Girl, and I just I did that because it's what I wore. And then sat down and got to talk to them about just my love for agriculture and being able to represent rural America in country music and 
we just struck up a relationship that was really, really natural. And I freaking love their team. They're like family for me. And uh, yeah, when they told me they wanted to partner with me, I was like, what? That's (laughs) amazing. George and Reba, what is happening? (laughs) Yeah, that's really awesome. And I mean, and Justin Boots, I'm sure that all three of us wear boots. I mean, Justin is like... For yeah. me, it's the pinnacle of comfort when it yeah. comes to wearing boots. I yeah. mean, yeah. and I work in mine. Like I wear them on stage, and I wear them horseback, and I wear them in the pins, you know, all day long. And they're great. I love them. Yeah, so super cool, and I'm I'm excited. I'm gonna start looking at my catalog. Yeah, you better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what point throughout your childhood did you go? Okay, I sing. People think I'm pretty good at doing this singing thing. Yeah. To you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do music. I'm gonna actually go for this. Or was it something you always knew you were gonna do? Or I yeah, I think it was just always there. Like it wasn't really a choice. Like I think it was just that other people recognized it. And I remember watching like the CMAs or the ACMs growing up and watching Faith Hill perform. And I think just something inside of me was like, I'm gonna do that. And there was no, I don't remember it being like this one day, you know, I was 12 and I was deciding what I want to do with the rest of my life. It was just kind of always there. And, uh, and then never discouraged by anybody in my family. And my dad's dad, my JP, his name's Jerry Lynn Paulette. I'm Jenna Lynn Paulette. I'm Jenna Lynn too. Oh my (laughs) gosh, we have the exact same name except for last names, of course. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he, he was another one that just, he called me his star, just like from the time I was very young until he passed away and um we'd be going to like Mexican food restaurants you know with me and my siblings I'm one of four kids and he'd be like Jenilyn you got a song for us and I mean to my siblings demise and they wanted to crawl under a table every single time but I just did it anywhere we were (laughs) I'd sing Patsy Cline um crazy or walking after midnight and you know just do the darn thing you know wherever we were for him really but um I think because he asked me to do that like the performing side of it Mm -hmm. wasn't scary for me I mean yeah I get nervous sometimes but he just kind of got me very experienced at it you know in very odd situations like Mexican (laughs) food restaurants. comfortable anywhere now. Yeah (laughs) so you had mentioned earlier you you graduate high school you went to college what did you go to college for uh it's so random this is so random so I ended up going to Savannah College of Art and Design I was in a national musical my senior year and I'd been like praying for a full ride scholarship wherever I was supposed to go and um during that national musical that I was in the music director from Savannah College of Art and Design came up to me and said hey I got a six-member ensemble three guys, three girls, and if you want it, you get a full ride. And I'm one of four kids, like I said, and my dad was like, you're going where the money is. I was like, Savannah, Georgia, art school? <laughs> like I've never, I had never taken an art class in my life other than like choir, but to me that's a very different kind of art than drawing. So yeah, I found the one degree that they offer there that does not require like naked people drawing. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> what in the world? And I got my degree in like basically marketing. So it was like graphic design, branding, because I knew I could apply it to country music. I knew that's what I wanted yeah. to do. So I got a minor in vocal performance and um, my majors in visual communications. And it was every class that I took was about telling your, a story for a brand or telling a story. Um, and I about, you know, whatever that thing represented. And it was cool because I would just go in to all my teachers and say, hey, I'm singing country music. Do you mind if I make this project or about me? And Uh, or not about me, but about positioning myself in the market and figuring out how to tell my story as clearly and concisely as possible. And 
I think it really helped in a lot of ways. And I also knew that if I wanted to direct sell beef, I could use it for that. You know, there's just a million things that work, you know, in that world of just knowing how to uh, create a trustworthy brand in the marketplace, whatever market you're in, country music or cattle. So let's talk about your debut album. And first of all, one thing that I want to say to you is that I am kind of shocked that this is your debut album with with just how prominent that you are in, oh. in the Texas and country music scene. Because Thank you. before this came out, I mean, your song and I think the title "You Ain't No Cowboy" yes. was the first thing that I heard of you. It came across my Spotify on a yeah. Texas country music playlist, and I played and I still do play the crap out of that song because I because I love it. And I remember when Jenna said, "Hey, we're going to get Jenna Paulette on the show," I was like. What, wait, really? Yeah, my God, <laughs> this is well, so cool. Thank you. Um, but thank but you. tell tell us a little bit about that because that came out in March. Yeah, uh, the girl I was is the yeah. name the name of that album. Yes. Um, and you know, and I, one thing that I do like about listening to this album is it's got this intro and outro of Home on the Range, which yeah. I think is a very cool. Just uh, it tells it gives me everything I need to know kind of about mm-hmm. who you are. Thank just kind of wrapped around in that. But but tell us a little bit about that album. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I was on a flight to. Wyoming going to Jackson Hole with Boot Barn and uh, I'd just written the title track which you know you it's funny that you said it's interesting that it's my first record but I think I just didn't feel right about putting one out for a really long time because there were parts of my life that just didn't feel uh, raw and authentic enough to uh, make sense of a record for me and I had to get out of a really bad relationship in order to write the title track which is The Girl I Was and um, I wrote that song on a writer's retreat with Jesse Joe Dillon, Will Bundy and Jeb Gibson and uh, I remember I was going to get pizza for everybody and this picture of me as a little girl it's like the first picture I ever looked at and was like oh yeah that's who I am and I don't even think I would have been able to say that at eight years old but I remember seeing that picture and then revisiting it every time I was at my grandma's house. And it's me sitting on a white fence helping my granddad sell my Uncle Hicks cattle. And I remember how the air smelt that day. I had like a hot orange Gatorade in a can in my hand and freckles on my face. And it just felt like me, you know. And um, I would always look at that picture and feel that way about myself and just this sense of pride because I got to work with him and all of those things. And then um, I was in the my truck going to get that pizza and that picture popped into my head and I was like I'm just getting back to the girl I was Mm. and I was like wait a minute if that is the only song we write this weekend then this trip will be worth it and I came back with pizza in my hands I was like the girl I was and they were like (laughs) yes you know and we just we wrote the song and um I got the demo back and I was on that flight uh, with the Boot Barn crew to go to Wyoming with everybody and I landed and I called my manager and I said, the record's gonna be called The Girl I Was and it's gonna start and end with Home on the Range because that is the lens that everybody needs to see me through and digest this music through because it is what made me who I am. And, um, And everything else just kind of fell into place after that. And it's funny how sometimes you have to get out of something and be able to see kind of hindsight 2020 um, and get kind of like a bird's eye view of what was and and what's right to be able to write the most honest thing that you possibly can. And um, that record is, it just made sense of so much for me personally. And then, um, and it's made a sense of a lot of things career wise too, but it's because 
I was able to finally get to the root of it all. Yeah, I think if you go back to what you were talking about earlier about how you didn't want to hire a vocal coach or anybody to mess with your tone early on, I mean, that initial just direction that you were set in to to bring you to where you are here. I mean, this sounds so authentically Jenna Paulette Mm -hmm. to me. And I listen, and I'm sure Jenna Heideman does as well, uh, to a bunch of different artists that come out with stuff. And, and, you know, I scroll through things, and I listen to a lot of Texas country music, but you... You are one of the top people that I that I name whenever I uh, whenever I talk about country music or Texas country music. And as a matter of Thank fact, you. Roll Radio passed on this idea that I have. <laughs> but I, <laughs> but I, I initially, before Jenna and I started doing this show, I had pitched doing a Texas country music just show yeah. here on this station yep. just oh, yeah. playing different country music things. Yeah. And so in order for me to uh, do that, they were like, well, you know, put together a reel of what that would sound like yeah. and i used two of your songs oh my which gosh. two did you I'm use so honored. i did use ain't no cowboy and mm-hmm. then i can't remember whichever one other one that i that i used was but it anywhere the wind blows yes maybe? i think yeah that, i think like up tempo yes the, like, slower yeah so in yeah. that in that well 45 minute reel i used you. i used two of them because i mean when it comes to texas country music right now i mean you are you are the height of it for me thank you oh my <laughs> gosh that is so nice <laughs> I thank you very much. I mean, I just, I just love what I do, <laughs> really do. And you do a good job at it. I love you. your branding and your marketing. Thank you. I will say I did submit a photo for Pretty Ugly. Oh yes, you did. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you so much. I love that idea of your. Freeman, she did a lyric video uh-huh. where yeah. fans submitted photos with like ex-boyfriends yeah. bad relationships and they put little broken hearts over their faces i probably made it into this video <laughs> i'm gonna go search it later and be like, it, freeman is that you it was such a good idea and so fun to be a part of thank you yeah and then just going through the album track by track yeah my favorite on the album is sun keeps coming back up thank yeah. that you that one is my favorite that's ross's favorite on, too is it yeah i keep it on repeat and i just i love I love the song. Well, Thank you. Lyrically and the the melody of that, mm-hmm. the way that it drives continuously, and I don't and I can't remember offhand if it's in three four time or four four, but it just it, it flows so well. It's just like Thank one you. to another to another. It's it's such a creative wrapping uh, of you. those lyrics around. Yeah, Thank I, you. I like that one. I also like Truck Boy because there's Thank a re- there's you. there's a really cool. I'm a steel guitar player. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. yeah. So there, any time <laughs> that I go through and I find little steel guitar things, yeah, I was playing. I was playing steel like all over your your record before I came here, just because that's the way I was. So I was thinking cool. I, was I love it. it. I seriously did ask him. I was like, "What time do you want to get there today?" And he's like, "Well, I'm just here playing steel." <laughs> yeah. That's so Nerd. awesome. I love it. Yeah, but anyway, the album is, is absolutely awesome, and Thank anybody you. who is looking for some good music, go check out. That is definitely one that you need to be on the lookout for because it's out and you. You need to be searching it, and that's Jenna Paulette. And whenever we come back, we're going to talk about something that I am so excited to talk about, your Grand Ole Opry debut. Woo-hoo! You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. All right, so Jenna Paulette made her Opry debut earlier this month. How did it feel? (laughs) I mean, honestly, it was one of the most magical nights of my life. And I think that's because 
for a really long time. I just didn't think it was ever going to happen. And so I didn't have any expectations. And so everything was sweet and pure and a surprise. And I don't know, when you try and figure out how something's going to feel or, you know, try and control it, it doesn't end up being quite as beautiful as it could be if you just showed up and were prepared and then everything good happened and you felt peaceful and, you know, all of those things. And that's how I felt. I think the only time I felt a little bit anxious and it wasn't even anxious, I think it was more just like pure excitement, was driving there in my granddad's truck and, um, and pulling up to my spot. And I think it just all hit me like the people that get to play this stage are the ones that influence country music and that is the goal for me is to influence country music in a very pure way you know because I love country music I I love the traditional aspect of it and I love the people it represents so it just felt so so special and when I stepped into that circle for the first time everything else melted away and I just felt like I was right where I was supposed to be when you talk about the Grand Ole Opry there are two new artists that will come come in you you have two different types of new artists that come in and play and as they say and if you've been around the opry for a while and you hear people like ricky skaggs or Jeannie seeley bill anderson uh, any yeah. any of these guys talk about it they'll tell you there's people who get it and there's people who don't get it and you are somebody that i can tell just by looking uh, at you and watching you give this interview to us you are someone who absolutely gets the the prestige and, and the honor it is to get to play the Opry, but but I want to ask, was that something that you, you know, some people dream about it since they were a little girl of like yeah. wanting to come play the Opry, but some people, you know, live maybe living in Texas, you didn't know as much about the Grand Ole yeah. Opry initially. So yeah, I I will say I did watch it in high school, like on CMT or the Circle, whatever network it was on when I was mm-hmm. in high school, and dreamed about it for sure. Starting then though, but not when I was like eight because I didn't even. I didn't even really know I was just singing to some cows, you know. <laughs> so um, I think it was, you know, in college when it became a real goal of mine. And then I moved to Nashville eight, almost nine years. And I watched so many people get the honor of it. And I think it, I just said to myself, you know what? Keep your head down. You're not hanging your hat of your career on that, even though it would be so sweet. Just keep carving your lane and being who you are and working hard and doing great work. And if it comes, it comes, you know, and I just I think it was always just such a goal. But I was like, I can't even think about it because if I thought about it too much, it would just make me sad (laughs) that I hadn't done it yet, you know. But I would always say to my manager, you know, God's timing's perfect and I don't want it too soon. And I think it happened at just the right time. And I'm so grateful for that because it just seems like there's so many great things happening right now that for this to be part of a group of great things rather than just like, hey, so I got to town, you know, eight years ago and somebody thought I was cool and they gave me the opportunity too soon. You know, like I wouldn't have wanted it to be wasted. And I think it it really just happened at the perfect time. I'm so grateful. Yeah, it's the journey of getting there more so than yes. somebody just handing it to you that, that means so much. Oh my gosh, yes. And that was like the accumulation of every tear that I cried, you know, before getting on that stage. It was like just the years and years and years of chipping away at what I represent and how I want to represent it and what it sounds like and how to write the best song and 
what an artist is and, you know, figuring out all of those things and, and accumulating to being able to represent all of that well on that stage. And I think if I hadn't had the time, it, I wouldn't, you know, be in the position that I am now. And time creates character and refinement and all of those things are important to making that have the impact that you hope it would on your career. Yeah. For those that don't know, there are 18 dressing rooms backstage at the Grand Ole Opry. They're, <laughs> they're numbered 1 through 19 uh, because there's no dressing number 13. But the very first night that an artist plays, they are in dressing room number four, which yeah. is the Into the Circle dressing room. And I kind of just want to ask, because everybody's debut is different. Some people don't even get to spend that much time in their yeah. dressing room. But, you know, there's quotes on the wall from all yeah. of these legends that have played b before you. Did you ever, did you take a moment? Oh, what, yeah. what was it like just going backstage through those halls and just going, this is just trying to relish and take all of that oh, in? Oh my gosh. I mean, well, I walked in and, um, you know, you see people post pictures, you know, from their you know, Opry debut or you know getting asked to be a member or whatever and you always see their rooms are like filled with flowers and you just hope maybe that would be the case for you and you know I walked in and oh my word there were flowers everywhere and those beautiful quotes and it was just like so much honor in it you know like I just felt honored and um, honored to read those things and have my entire family there. I mean, it was just like wall to wall people I love and people that have believed in me for a really long time. And um, it was just so sweet, all of it, like just read. And I read the walls over and over again. Lori Morgan has a quote in there and I can't remember exactly what it is and I don't want to. Um, maybe you can remember what it yes, is. Do you know Freeman? Uh, I, I, I could probably paraphrase it, but I won't, I won't misquote Lori. <laughs> yeah, she exactly. She I'm she like, she don't take a risk. You know? <laughs> so, it, and that felt special just because I, you know, sang except for Monday and, you know, all those songs growing up and that hit me and Haley Witter sent me flowers and that was so special and taught me something about how I want or what I want to do and, um, when I'm in her position, cause she's the one that invited me to come play for the first time. And, and I love that cause she's a farm girl, you know, and so farm girls and ranch girls unite. It was like <laughs> a sweet little moment. And it was just cool that she took the time to send those flowers and, um, and remembered that it was that day, you know? So it was just everything about it was so special. And I did get to spend quite a bit of time in there, but, but it was like, not just me. It was everybody I love in there with me, which... So I loved. So if I remember, I think Carrie Underwood was also, yes. as well as Dustin Lynch. Now, was this a double show? Yes, it because was. Because typically when Carrie's there, it's always, so you, yeah. so you got so to you play twice. twice. I got to in play twice night. in one night. They were like, she's a vet now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> For the second show. But Do you play the same songs both times? Yeah, I did. I chose two, I think because I, the two that I played, I felt like just so accurately represented how I wanted to establish myself as a performer there. So I did Country and the Girl first and then The Girl I Was. Yeah, was the second time a little bit easier than the first time, or did you still think they were both about the same? Or um, I think the first time was more emotional, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because it really was, you know, the first, and I don't know, there was something about just stepping into that cir circle. It felt like so right, but like so much energy that came to me too, and it was a full house, like not a empty seat in there, and. Um, got a little, you know, standing O, which was oh. unreal. And that really choked me up for that first one. Um, and yeah, so there was that. And then the second one was great too. The order was a little different. So I played later in the show. And um, I think I just, the second time I was like, 
not thinking about anything. And I just kind of left it all on the stage. And that was really fun too. So it was like my energy level was higher the second time, but the first time felt more special because I was really just like looking up and taking it all in and just couldn't believe that I was there. Well, I can tell you about the Opry crowd that giving a standing ovation to someone who makes a debut is is pretty much the best thing that you can ever have because they do not give that to everyone who makes a debut. I can tell you from experience of standing in the wings, if you don't connect with them and they go, this girl gets it, she's country, we, we love what she's given us, I mean, they'll just, they'll, they'll be polite, but you know, yeah. to, just to stand up and, and to have a standing ovation is a massive, Ugh. is a massive it's success and, and an honor. Oh, I had so tears rolling on, down my face. So thank you very much. It was yeah. it was a moment that I will never forget. Yeah, I mean, so talk about the impact that that kind of has on you know your family. I mean, they're watching you just <laughs> flourish in this. I mean, so so what are they saying to you throughout oh, all this? Gosh, my sweet dad came up to me like sobbing <laughs> afterwards. He was like, "I knew you could do it. JP would be so proud." You know, like my granddad that called me his star. Um, and then my mom, you know, she just, they've been there through like every, you know, I call my dad, I had a bad meeting and, you know, somebody rejects you and, you know, people are pretty ruthless in this town, you know, like it's not all, uh, fun, you know, it's, it's fun and games. It's like very, you know, you got your times where people are like, I don't get it. Or, you know, girls don't make it in country music. And I never even gave really two cents to that because I, every industry that I've been in is a male dominated industry. I'm with dudes, you know, in cow crews all the time and I'm the only girl, you know, so it's just never bothered me, but there have been those moments and my mom has been there for all of them and my dad and, and they've been like, my, my dad used to tell me and he still tells me now he's like, well, Jenna, they can't beat you if you don't quit. So I just never quit. And, um, I think it was this moment where they were both like, see what happens when you don't quit. And, uh, it was really sweet to just see them be so stinking proud. So you play the opera and then you throw this awesome after party <laughs> that I saw all over Instagram. It was with Justin Boots, Ranch Water. Yep, and we had late night Whataburger. And Whataburger, yes, I saw that. It was so fun. Oh my gosh, it looked like a blast. And I, you had a lot of friends travel. Now I follow a lot of the Texas Western yes, influencers. Yeah. And I saw a lot of them coming out to support, which is so cool. It was so cool. And I didn't know, really. Like, I... I knew that Ranchwater and Justin were throwing that party. And so I was like, okay, I should probably have a cool dress. But I did. Your dress know. was super cool Thank as you. well. I was having like a very cowgirl share moment. It yes. felt right. Um, and yeah, I guess I just didn't really know how cool the party was going to be. I just knew that there was going to be one. And so I was floored when I walked in there. There's like neon Lone River signs everywhere, uh, Texas, like a outline of texas with, with yeah ranch yeah. water cans and this beautiful justin boots cake um and late night water burger jalapeno cheddar biscuits you know <laughs> it was just so fun and then people that i love just everywhere and i couldn't even get to hug all of them but they're just it was sweet okay jenna so you sang the national anthem at the american rodeo yes. at globe live yes and i remember this happening and i think do you have you done this at different rodeos yeah okay. i've done it at the pbr world finals and um yeah a bunch of different rodeos but pbr world finals and the american 
kind of the pinnacle for me so far. Yeah, so. There's a lot of rodeos that we do broadcast on rural radio. So you have yeah. seen the national anthem on rural radio oh, quite a few times. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I remember. I had no idea. Yeah, so there you go. You've been on Sirius XM more than you, more than you know. <laughs> so, I mean... I mean, rodeo, obviously, a, a big part of this style of music that you yeah. have. And so, I mean, what's what's that like getting to do something on... I mean, how many people were at Globe Life Field that oh night? Oh, my goodness. A lot. I mean, and it's... The way they have it set up in there, like, there's a massive delay. Like, the where the stage is versus where people are. And it's like a full like sentence delay. So I had my in-ear monitors in. And for those that don't know what those are, they're monitors that go like they're molded for your ears and they kind of cancel out any outside sound. And uh, the national anthem is a hard song to sing because everybody knows it. And yeah, it ain't easy. And it's never, it's never about you. It's about your country. And my granddad always told me before I'd sing the national anthem, he'd be like, just remember, it's not about you. You don't need to make it fancy. make it about what it's about and so for the american in particular you know you've got the name the american and the way it feels in that room it's really electric and um they're making rodeo so cool like it's just so well done and um i just wanted to do a really really good job and so i just got up there put my in-ear monitors in and said whatever the delay is you just think about the next image in your mind about what that next lyric needs to be and I got a text from Luke Branquino and Lindsay afterwards, like, you go, girl. And I was like, okay, I guess it went all right, you know? (laughs) That's awesome. All right, when we come back, we're going to wrap things up with some George Strait trivia. Oh, Lord. You're listening to Should Have Been a Cowgirl with Jenna Heideman on Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. We are back and we are closing this out with some country music trivia. <laughs> All right, here's the game. I read you lyrics from oh. George Strait's top hits. First person to blurt out the name of the song gets the point. Okay. First person to five wins. Oh, gosh. Okay. It is Jenna Paulette versus Freeman. You swear you've had enough. You are ready to give up on oh. that little lie they call love. Out of the clear, clear blue, blue sky. sky. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Freeman, one. Jenna, zero. I have to sing it sometimes. To I know, me too. I was like it. sitting there trying to I sing I always try to like read it a little like off. Yeah, so like, it really little, throws people. <laughs> it really throws you guys. All I hear is the steel guitar <laughs> solo. Bam, yeah. bam, 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 oh, my bam, gosh. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Freeman, one. Jenna, zero. Okay. All right. Song number two. Give me a bottle of your very best, because I've got a problem I'm going to drink off my chest. I'm going to spend the night getting down, because that woman I had wrapped around my finger. Come unwound. Unwound. Yes. You are reading these kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what song is this? <laughs> Dramatic dialogue with Jenna Hyde. I'm going to start whispering them. All right, one to one. We're tied up. Her telephone rang about a quarter to nine. Um, she heard his voice on the other end of the line. She wondered what was wrong this time. She never knew what his calls might bring with Cheyenne. a cowboy like him. Yeah. Yes. I can. Yeah. I, I can still make Cheyenne. Yes. Yeah. She's got it. That's two one. 
You should not I read at like, the library. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Hope you don't read to children in your oh spare gosh. time. Honestly, though, you say hate reading. She out. never knew when his phone might ring. <laughs> I used to hate reading out loud in school, so two to one. All right. Baby, all I've got is this beat up leather bag. Oh, oh carrying your run. love with me. Carrying oh, your love with me. Two I'm two? thinking the paper sack two line two? in run. All oh, right, yeah, my bad. That is. We are tied up two to two. At first, she's going to come on strong. Leave oh, me with a smile. Oh. <laughs> Freeman, three to two. <laughs> we got three to two. <laughs> True in this modern world. True. Two. Uh, <laughs> we are four to two. Four to two. Freeman could take it away right here. All oh, right. my gosh. All right. I'm sweating. You got this one. If there's a plane or a bus. Run. Run. She's got it. <laughs> That's three, four. Three to four. If I win, do I Three. still get to come play steel with you at the opera? No. <laughs> I, I take back my offer. Four to three. I'm just kidding. All right. She was storming through the house that day, and I could Give tell. it away. Four to four. We are tied up, folks. Great song, by the way. I yes. have two songs left. All right. And we're going to do this one. I felt the rush of the Rio Grande into Yellowstone. Oh, and I, uh, how about them cowgirls? How about that cowgirl? <laughs> Jenna Paula takes it away. <laughs> Congratulations. I covered that song. That's the only reason <laughs> oh why I gosh. got that one. That was good. I think that's the best one that we've had that's been yeah, like that. Yeah, that was the most competitive oh trivia we've gosh. ever had. I'm seriously sweating, sweating and a little anxious yeah. right now, so either, that's good. Either I blow the person away or they blow me away. It's never... It's never it's neck never and neck. Never a close We're game. just trying to create a little drama, a little yeah. Yellowstone for these people. <laughs> a little bit, of, little bit of drama, a little bit of... Jenna's drama. <laughs> <laughs> and that's squared in this moment yes, because there's two Jennas two here. Jenna's. Two Jennas to one Freeman. I, I can't. I can't. I can't <laughs> hang on. All right. If people want to keep up with you, Jenna, where yeah. where can they follow you? Where can they listen to your music? Tell oh, us about that. Oh my word! Well, really, just anywhere you listen to music: uh, Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, YouTube. Gosh, all the places. And then it's just my name, Jenna Paulette, J E N N A P A U L E T T E. Yes, that is a last name. Just as you see it on the screen. Just there as it is. you see it on the screen. And uh, yeah, that's, I mean, any social media, it's just my name. All right. But blue check, do not trust those weirdos. Yeah, she's got that blue <laughs> verified check, so you don't trust the weirdos. <laughs> yeah, like fake at cowgirl.jenna trying to pull it, say I'm Jenna Paula. <laughs> she's like, I, I need money to get to my <laughs> next show. <laughs> All right. And uh, Jenna Heideman, where can everyone keep up with you? At cowgirl.jenna and at cowgirl club podcast. Anything new added to the uh, playlist over there on Spotify? Yep, all the new songs that came out on Friday. Yeah, they're, they're in all, there now. They're all over there. <laughs> Love it. You still doing threads? I, I'm I'm thinking about bringing threads back into my like rotation. Yeah, like maybe just tweeting or threading, threading, threading a country song to listen to every single day. Ooh, that's cool. Like maybe a throwback. I like that. I don't know. I like something that's consistent. Yes, you're yeah. like every day at 10 a.m. She's like, I'm gonna carry your love with me, George yes. Strait. Yeah. Check it. I don't know. We talk about threads every week, and I'm still not getting on it. I'm scared. 
there's just too many things to keep up with. Exactly. Right? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I don't want to keep up with everything. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, if you, you if you do want to keep up with me, <laughs> that's at Freeman Arthur. TikTok is where everyone first found me playing those lovely steel guitar licks. Heck yeah. Uh, yep. And you can follow me as well on Instagram and Facebook as well. Jenna Paulette, thank you so much for, for stopping by. Uh, you have such a sweet soul, and we, we are just so thankful that you took time out of what I know is a busy schedule to thank come you. by and be with us uh, and best of luck in all of your endeavors that you do i know that this is just the beginning for you you are going to continue to skyrocket from here uh, from all of us here at rural radio you have been listening to should have been a cowgirl with jenna heideman on rural radio channel 147 exclusively on sirius xm we'll catch you next sunday